teaching series um, on the principles of giving, specifically, uh, not just um, dealing with money, but just the general attitude of giving, as we continue our focus on being blessed to impact and how to walk in the blessings of God. So, one of the ways in which we walk in God's blessings is by giving, as we are going to see. Turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 35. If it's possible, there's a bit of a hissing noise from here. If it's possible, if we could reduce it, please. Acts chapter, wow. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders, and he says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive it's more blessed to give than to receive now let me just make a passing note there is I believe a heresy that is kind of floating around under the hyper grace movement that says that the words of Jesus are really Old Testament words and don't really apply today. It doesn't apply to the New Testament believer. That is a heresy. It is very wrong because the words of Jesus are the fullness of the revelation of God's heart to us and should be taken as the most important words in the scriptures, if you please. And here in particular, you see that Paul the Apostle references what Jesus had taught them. Now, these particular words are not recorded in any of the Gospels. That our Lord taught them, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that's what we're going to be exploring this month about the blessings of giving. The blessings in giving. So... Giving is not just money. It's not just giving money. It involves that. But more importantly, giving is about giving of ourselves, of our abilities, of our resources, and yes, our finances to God and also to others. To God and also to others. And in the scriptures, outside of our Lord Jesus, the Macedonian believers in particular are a great example of believers who knew how to give properly. So I want us to briefly examine them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 5. And as I do this teaching, I will re- reference the Macedonians throughout the weeks as we look at this and how powerful their example is and lessons we can learn about how we are to give. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 5. Paul says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. I want to just pause there. Verse 2. The Amplified reads it like this. For in the midst of an ordeal, of severe tribulation, their abundance of joy and their depth of poverty together have overflowed in wealth of lavish generosity on their part. Notice that these believers were extremely poor. They were extremely poor believers. They were financially poor. They were materially poor. They were spiritually rich, 
but naturally their circumstances were dire they were severe now for paul in those days to highlight the fact that these particular believers had deep poverty not just poverty deep poverty tells you that they were in a very bad place you know today poverty is measured in, in England in a certain way. And don't misunderstand me. Many families have it very tough today. So the food banks and things like that are very helpful. And it's a real blessing to many people. And we thank God for that. But honestly, Western poverty does not compare with African poverty. I can tell you. Uh, because in some of these places where people are poor and need food bank, they still can watch Sky TV. I'm not disrespecting anyone. I'm just telling you, it's a different type of poverty in Africa and, and in India and in some of these other um, countries. It's a different kind of poverty. Now, I am sure that there are people in this country who experience poverty like those who experience it in, in Africa, in Ghana or Sierra Leone or some of these places that we go to. But the majority of people really in the West haven't got a clue about what poverty is really like. Proper Poverty And Paul describes these people as having deep poverty. And that yet, even though they were very poor, it did not affect how generous they were. Verse 3. He says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we will receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Now, please, I want you to have this picture in, in mind. These are believers who were really poor, right? They were really poor, and they were, nonetheless, they wanted to help the believers who were in Jerusalem, who had been experiencing the famine, who in their mind were in a worse situation than they were. So Paul and the, his team were trying to raise funds to take to the Jerusalem believers who at that time were experiencing a severe famine that Agabus the prophet had prophesied about some years back. So the Macedonian believers had heard about it and they wanted to participate in helping fellow believers who were probably as poor as they were. Now, you know, if it was us... And, you know, you know I, by the grace of God, I, have, I serve several churches and I see several contexts. And sometimes, people who don't have much don't like to give for obvious reasons. I'm not saying all the time. I say sometimes. And sometimes, people who have a lot think they don't have enough. And they also don't like to give. But, the, but these believers, they were very poor, and they saw others who were very poor, and they were willing to help them out. Look at, I want to read this in the Amplified verse 3. For, for us, I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability. Yes, and beyond their ability, and they did it voluntarily. They gave, these poor guys gave according to their ability, but they gave beyond their ability. Begging us most insistently for the favor, the favor, and the fellowship 
of contributing in this ministration for the relief and support of the saints in Jerusalem. So basically, here you have a bunch of people who are very poor, who hear about believers who are, who are like in distress, and uh, when the apostles shared with, with them what they were trying to do, they begged the apostles for, to allow them the privilege to be able to give. Wow, it's a wonderful paradigm. You look very sober right now. But it's a wonderful paradigm to, to think that way that, please, please, please help me. Let me, please, let me give to those people. Let me give something to those people. And Paul says, they gave according to their ability, but they did more than that. They gave beyond their ability. They, in other words, they put themselves out. They made themselves even more poor, even poorer as a result of how they gave. That's not proper grammar, but you understand it, yeah? All right, five. And not only as we had hoped, Paul says, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Wow. So they even, they even, now that's not correct. Check the time properly. These people are sending me wrong information. This is misinformation. It says I've got 30 minutes and you're telling me I've got 20. Nah, brother. I've got 30 minutes, mate. You see, when I was sitting there, I was really sober or reflective. I get here, and a bit of levity is taking over. I'm not sure if it's the joy of the Lord or what. All right. So, um, these believers, they, they are incredible. And when I look at them, Paul says, they gave, they didn't even give as we expected them, or even as we hoped. But first of all, before they decided to check their pockets and check their their resource and check what they could give, they first of all rededicated themselves to God. They gave themselves first to God, like a fresh consecration, and then they gave themselves to us, Paul says, by God's will. In other words, they made themselves available to us, like Paul and your team. What do you need from us? How can we help the Jerusalem people? What is it that you want us to give? Wow. That's amazing. Well, I think it is. Every time I look at it, I'm like, I'm inspired. I'm like, Joe, man, come on, get to ground zero. It's awesome. All right. So, to whom do we give? I think I've already kind of inferred it. First and foremost, when it comes to giving of our abilities, of our time, of our resources, of our finance, first and foremost, we give ourselves to God like the Macedonians. We give ourselves to God. He must always be the primary object of our worship. He must always be the reason why we do what we do. It, it has to be. It has to be that it's because of the Lord that you're doing the sound. It's because of the Lord that you're playing the instruments. It's because of the Lord that you're doing marathon Sunday, like somebody said, when they should be sleeping they were sharing when they should be watching TV. They were ready to share the gospel. Clap for him. Clap for him. No, don't clap. Don't clap. It's normal. It's very normal to give from a place of comfort. But when it comes to giving to God, we must be willing to give him proper worship. Can you say amen? Yeah. 
So all our giving to others and to all the other things that we do, all that giving must spring from the overflow of how we give to him. You know, when you give like that, it is difficult for you to be burnt out. It is because he will always bring you back to a place where he can refill you. When you give like that, it is difficult for you to become critical of others who do not give like you do. Because you're not comparing yourself with anybody. You're not measuring yourself with other people. You're measuring yourself with the only standard that really matters, the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And these Macedonians believers, they understood this concept when they were faced with giving. They recognized that before they could be of any use to Paul and his team, they needed first to give themselves to God. Their giving was not influenced by their circumstances despite their extreme poverty. Despite their extreme poverty, their giving was not influenced by their circumstances. It was influenced by their passion to please the Lord. And this really is how we give. I am believing that God will change our church's paradigm. Now, this church gives within reason. It's a, it's a giving church. But I am believing God to change our paradigm whereby we give outrageously. We give outrageously. We give hilariously. And at the end of this, I'm going to give you an assignment, a proper assignment that will give you an opportunity to be very practical. I wish, I wish we had taken the offering first, though. Should have taken the offering first. Sorry about that. Anyway, this, this particular assignment, you don't need the offering basket. So, you're going to, let me tell you the assignment before I forget. So, so, here is the assignment between now and next week. For those of you who are spiritual and love Jesus with all your heart and want to serve him wholeheartedly and please him so that in the age to come you get a very good reward. And if you still are not convinced and need to repent of all sin. The assignment is this. Give somebody a gift this week. The only thing is it cannot be a pastor. Give somebody a gift. Somebody in the church that you don't know properly. And that you have never given a gift to before. Give them a gift. Hallelujah. What an assignment. It's very easy. You just have to look around. Give them a gift. Say to your neighbor, give somebody a gift. That's it. That's your assignment. The gift can be anything as long as that gift means something to you and you think it will be beneficial to them. So I'm a pastor, so I'm not included, but there's no point you coming to give me a scarf that women wear. That will be of no use to me and say, this is my gift to you, Pastor Joe. Well, I'm not including in this assignment. So, but if you gave me a scarf like, like men wear, then maybe, yeah. But don't ask them, what do you want? Just give them a gift, all right? That's the assignment. Yeah, is that all right? Well, whether it's all right or not, that's the assignment. Hallelujah. Now, let's get back to this. So, their giving was not influenced by their circumstances. 
in spite of the extreme poverty, they were willing to go above and beyond their natural means because of their wholehearted devotion to God. You see, when our giving is rooted in pleasing God, we do not allow... Oh, by the way, this assignment, let me just pause. This assignment is a small gift, all right? So it's not giving somebody your car at the moment or giving them your house. It's just a small gift. It's just a small gift. Okay, something maybe, you know, value, but just a small gift, all right? It doesn't have to be money. It can be food. It can be a snack. It can be money. It can be food. It can be a snack. It can be, it can be a gift. It's a gift. Something meaningful. Don't say, let me shake your hand as a gift. No, you know, come on. Be, this is a proper assignment. So we want testimonies next week. Is that all right? Testimonies. All right. And then I have another assignment for you next week. Hallelujah. So, when our giving is rooted in pleasing God, we do not allow that the sacrifice involved or the pain we may experience to affect our desire to meet whatever need is presented to us. Because, again, our main preoccupation is trying to honor God and please him. Yes. So, the question I ask is, when our Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to receive, what is the blessing in giving? I wonder if anyone could tell me. What is the blessing in giving? You know, does anyone know? Anyone want to volunteer? Yes, thank you, Sheila. God is glorified when others receive from you. That's fantastic. Brilliant. Yes. That is true. It's absolutely true. Anyone else? But I have a cynical mind, you see. So my mind is like, but how does that help me out? <laughs> you know? But you're right. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Anyone else? Quickly. There's no right or wrong answer per se. I just want to hear your thoughts. Yes, Nicholas. You're blessed. Yeah, but how? Yeah, you are blessed. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. Right. But, but in what way? Spiritually. Okay, thank you. Why are you laughing? That's his answer. Thank you, Nicholas. Yes. It makes room for God to bless you more. Is that what you said? Excellent. Yes. It fulfills the need of the person you're giving to. That's good. Thank you. Excellent. Anyone else? It allows others to receive. Thank you. Excellent. What's that? Your reward is in heaven. Absolutely. That, that really matters. Anyone else? Some of you laughed at that, but that's actually really important, to be honest. What's that? You see the value of the gift to, to, that you give to someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One more. One more. Did you have your hand up? Somebody had your hand. Oh, no more. You're done. Okay, yeah. Okay, yes. The word blessing means a benediction. So, by me giving some to someone, I get a word. Okay, yeah, 
that's fine. I'm, I just want to understand I heard you properly. So, okay, you're laughing. I'm just trying to understand. So, were you kind of trying to punk me or something? Benedictionary. Okay. Okay. So, basically, if I've heard a free year correctly, by the way, that was a free year for those of you who are listening. Um, <laughs> The, the giving itself, the blessing is that you get a word. Have I heard it? Yeah, okay, it's fine. Okay, fine, great. So that's, I'll give you my reasons. But I think some of you, you've been looking at my notes. You're, you're very spiritual. So thank you very much for that. It's great. But let's look at some scriptures, all right? Now, giving is an expression of a generous heart. Giving is an expression of a generous heart. At least the context in which we are talking about it's an expression of a generous heart because it demonstrates a willingness to give more of something, specific, especially money, but not exclusively money, more of something than is strictly necessary or even expected. So maybe it's expected that church members come to service on Sunday. But when you are, let's say you're giving as a church member, you may come quite early to help out because you're being generous with your time. That's wonderful. Whilst the rest of us may come late because we are just, you know, we're coming for the word. Or oh, who's leading the worship today? Mm, okay, yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'll do them a favor and turn up. So, so we're not as generous with our time. I don't want to come to church and waste my time, you know, that kind of thing. Have you said that before? Have you done that before? Come on, let's be honest. Who's preaching today? Ooh, is it one of them tag things today? If it is, who's the first one? <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, let's look at some scriptures about being generous, and let's see where it takes us. Proverbs eleven twenty-four to 26. It says this, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it lends to poverty. You can switch that off now. It's a bit hot. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. So these verses highlight some of the power and the benefits of having a generous heart or a generous disposition. Give freely, one version says, and become more wealthy. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. That's the same version, this same verse 24. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So there are some benefits that the scriptures are highlighting about giving in that when you give, and when you are generous in, in what you have, more somehow will come back to you. More somehow will be returned to you. And our Lord actually says this in Luke chapter 6, and we'll touch on it if we have time. He says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the measure, or with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I mean, that's a very serious thing that the Lord is saying. And the principle is very powerful in that when we are given, whatever we are given, 
we will get something back, but we will get more back than what we gave. So it is not just money. It is a principle of life. If you are generous in how you handle people, you will find that over time people will also be generous in how they handle you. If you are gracious with people, over time you will find that people will be gracious with you. So even when you mess up, when you do all kinds of blunders, oh, don't worry, it's just, it's just uh, you know, it's our sister. But if you, the next person did it, why did you do that, you wicked person? But because that person who did it is so generous, people are just easily disposed towards him. That's just how it is. And you might say it's not fair. Well, then be generous. Hallelujah. He says, there, there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Again, it's not just money. It's a principle. If you, if you hold back love and kindness and being gracious, then you will find that you will not receive as much love and kindness and, and graciousness from others as you would like. Have you ever heard it said, maybe you said it yourself, there's not enough love in the church. Have you ever heard that said before? Have you ever heard yourself say it before? Have you ever thought it? Have you ever wondered what kind of love you were showing? I'm, I'm asking, you know. You know, this is me blowing my trumpet, so God bless my life. But it never occurred to me growing up in church to think that there was not enough love in the church. Because I already figured out that the people were just like me. I figured that out before I entered church. So whatever else came, I saw it as bonus. Whatever good that I experienced in church, I actually saw it because I, I figured that people were just like me. Just that we were kind of religious now, so we we're all struggling together. But I found it a very curious thing. As I was in church growing up, and when people would really complain about the church, I used to always find it curious, and I always used to challenge them as a church member. So after a while, they stopped complaining to me about our church. Because I would always challenge them. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, if you are generous in any way, you will find over time, not immediate, not immediate, because, you know, this is seeds, you know. You have to cast your bread upon the waters and then it returns after many days. So when you start doing this kind of thing, you won't see the benefits immediately. It doesn't work like that. But over time, over time, if you are generous in any area of your life, over time you will begin to get the benefits. Can you say amen? <laughs> you know, sometimes our children show us power. He says that, look at this, the generous soul will be made rich. I wonder who makes them rich. I believe God makes them rich, but I also believe people that they have been generous towards makes them rich. I have found over, over, over growing up, over time growing up in church, many wonderful relationships in church. Wonderful, great friendships, meaningful friendships, lifetime friendships. But you know, when I started church, my friendship circle was very small. 
I could count them. In fact, there was four of them. And then two, two backslid. There was three of them, I beg your pardon. And then two backslid. And I, and I had one left. And then he left the church. <laughs> I'll never forget it. But then as time went on, I, I, I began to develop a lot of very wonderful relationships and friendships over the years. But I realized that it was as I gave to people friendship and kindness that I also began to have meaningful friendships and kindness. Amen. So giving is very powerful. It's very powerful. So what is this blessing? What is this blessing? Let me read a few more scriptures and then I'll, touch, I'll begin to touch on it. He said, uh, the one that I read earlier, I quoted earlier on, give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. What will be given to you? Whatever you gave will be given back to you. Good measure. A good measure. A good dose. Now this is a kind of like a neutral statement. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. So whatever you would like to receive from people, give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Whatever you want to receive from God, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will be given. In the King James says, into your bosom. Shall men give into your bosom. So God actually uses other people to give back to you what you gave to others. Give, and it will be given to you. He says, for with the same measure that you use, the same measure, in other words, the same kind of spirit, the same kind of attitude that you use in how you gave is what is going to come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So if the giving you give is bad, bad kind of giving, then guess what you get? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over into your bosom. That's what you get back. Hey, it's a law and a reaping. We're talking about giving, eh? The principle of giving. The law behind giving. Second Corinthians chapter 9. From verse 6, from verse 5, Paul says this. I'm going to read this in the, new, uh, the NIV. I think it's NIV. Maybe it's not. He says this. He said this. Therefore, I thought it necessary, nice New King James, to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Now, let me explain this scripture. Now, here, Paul had sent in advance to the Corinthian church that they should help this Jerusalem church in need, all right? So he had kind of spoken about that, told them, sent the messages. And then he kind of started to wonder, hey, you know what? These, these members of mine that have planted this church, I've helped them out they could actually end up embarrassing me. Because I've been bragging to Titus and the rest of the team how great they are. So you know what? I need to get them ready. So I want you to think this through. This is the, Paul the Apostle. 
So he said he, he must have asked the church to give something, and the church must have promised, we're gonna give whatever. And he thought, hmm. Just in case, let me send someone ahead to make sure they're ready. So that when the guys come, we're not embarrassed. Now you see, in today's in today's church world, this kind of thing will be frowned on. But he says, I wanted to make sure that when you gave, you gave properly. Because if you give from a place of force, you're not blessed. If you give because you felt forced, so even if you're serving in church because you feel forced, if you are doing God's work because you feel forced, and it's not from a willing heart, there's no blessing in that. And if you give of your finance and you feel forced, there's no blessing in that. There's no blessing in that. So he says it, but this I say, <laughs> he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So look, I want you to look at your own life. Are there any areas of your life where you are not harvesting the kind of harvest you would like? You know, I'm not just talking money. I'm talking relationships. I'm talking uh, how your, 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 your career is progressing. I'm talking about your home, your health. Are there, are, there, are there things that you are harvesting today, in your relationships especially, that you're not really happy about? He says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, this was specifically to do with money, by the way. He's using agricultural terms for finance here. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So this is how God wants us to give anything, whether it's tithes, whether it's offerings, anything. We decided in our heart to do it, and then we committed to it. Not that we felt forced to do it. We decided in our heart to do it, and then we committed to it. He says, each one should give as he purposes or she purposes in their heart, as they decide in themselves. And they should decide freely, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. That word cheerful in the Greek is outrageous. In fact, literally, it's an insane giver. God loves an insane giver. Say to your neighbor, God wants you to be mad when it comes to giving. Is that, is that politically correct? Do we say mad these days? <laughs> and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always have an all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now, God is not interested in the amount. It's not the amount per se that God is looking at. God is looking at what it means to you. Whatever you're giving, whatever time you give, whatever money you give, whatever emotion you give, God is looking at what it means to you. 
God measures or play, uh, measures its importance based on how much it cost you when you gave. So one person can give 10 pounds and it's amazing in God's eyes. And another person can give 10 pounds and it's an insult to God. All right, quickly, let's just move on because of time. Another scripture I want to read, Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 to 10, and then we're going to wrap this up. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now here, again, Paul is highlighting the relationship between how we give to those who teach us spiritually and what we harvest spiritually. And he says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. That is a principle of the kingdom. That we reap what we sow. Now this again is to do with money here specifically. But, and of resource. But the principle stands. When it comes to giving, if you give as a spiritual um, vehicle of you're trying to sow to things of the spirit, so that's why you're doing what you're doing, then you will harvest a spiritual blessing. That's just how it is. But if you sow to your flesh, in other words, you do things that are just temporary, that's to do with self and carnality, then you will reap corruption. It's a law. So the, the, the secret is learning how to give in such a way that we are sowing into our spirit and into our spiritual life. Amen. Because giving is an expression of God's grace upon our lives. In other words, every time we give of whatever as unto the Lord, we are demonstrating the fact that we are blessed by God. He has empowered us. He has prospered us. And we are walking in that empowerment and in that prosperity. And as a result of it, we are able to give something that we have to others or to God. So I want to encourage you as we begin to explore this subject to be a giver. Hallelujah. To be somebody who gives freely to God and to others. And uh, maybe you can begin by pressing a reset button that I want to start giving to God and to others properly. Perhaps maybe you realize that maybe the way you've been giving hasn't quite been up to the scriptural standard and you want to correct us. So I'm on, I want us to pray. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to pray into this. I want to speak a blessing over you in this area. So if you feel like, yeah, Joe, I want to um, press the reset in this area, rededicate myself to God and how I give. Why don't you stand? I want to speak a blessing and grace over you before I hand back to Edmund. So as you stand, just raise your hands to the Lord in surrender to him and just tell him, what it is you're standing regarding, just tell him right now. 
Thank you, Holy Father. Father, thank you so much for your word. I speak your blessing over these precious ones that are standing right now. Lord, you know exactly why they are standing. You know what the area is that they are standing regarding. And I ask for your grace, your strength, your empowerment on them. As they rededicate themselves to you. I stand with them and as we rededicate ourselves to you, we thank you for the grace to give. Lord, we want to be like the Macedonians who give first of ourselves to you and then to those who are in need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Joe. And on the back of that, we're going to take our offering. If I could ask the, the ushers to please um, uh, hand out the envelopes. Uh, apologies, we are going to run slightly over time. If you need